Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all of the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. Welcome into Believe Me, right here on Stadium TV. Cam Rogers coming at you. I'm alongside Mr. Super Bowl Picker himself, B. Lang. And no, he is not giving out his selection on this show, but he will soon enough. Casey Hudson alongside as well. Casey and I get a lot of heat on TikTok, so we are <laughs> battling through it, Casey. We want the heat. We want the attention. How are we doing, guys? I'm doing great. Um, you know, being a lifelong Michigander, um, born and raised in Michigan. Um, <clears throat> and I'll break down the debauchery of Dan Campbell in a moment, but... Mm-hmm. We should be handicapping the Chiefs and Lions. A rematch of week one when when Detroit went in there and announced to the world things are going to be different this year. And as a four and a half point road dog, went in and beat the defending champs outright and served notice that, you know what? We're going to be around this year and we should have a rematch of that game. And had Dan Campbell done one thing, forget the Josh Reynolds drops, forget that. We'll get into it in a moment. We'd be handicapping Detroit and Kansas City. Yeah. What if game for sure. We will break down that opening line as well. Casey, it's good to know that you have as thick of skin as I do dealing with the haters and losers <laughs> out there. I know at one point I, I don't respond, but at one point long, I just had to be like, are you watching? Like everything <laughs> that I said, he tried to dissect it as if it wasn't playing out perfectly scripted. And so mm-hmm. luckily he was a great sport about it and just sent back a, a laughing emoji. Cause I think he realized, okay, I, I think I'm watching the same game she's watching. So yes, the skin is thick and look, I have no problem holding myself accountable. It was not a sexy betting weekend for case and I'll take the L that's totally fine. The uh, rebound and regroup and all eyes on Super Bowl. Yeah, we march on. But first, let's talk about the AFC Championship. My Baltimore Ravens lost to the Chiefs 17 to 10. Guys, if you hold Patrick Mahomes to 17 points, you should be winning that football game, especially when you are the one seed at home. Brandon, three turnovers for Baltimore in that one. The Chiefs move on. Your impressions of that game? Um. Yes, they did hold Kansas City to 17. But I'll say that it, <clears throat> if the Chiefs had to turn it up and try to score again, I believe they would have. But they managed the game based on how their defense was playing. Now, the offensive coordinator for the Ravens should be fired um, for abandoning the run and thinking that Lamar Jackson became Dan Marino. They threw way too much. They, 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 they set the brother up to fail. They really did. And Lamar's at fault because he fell into the trap. Well, I'm going to show people I can throw from the pocket. When there were ample opportunities for that boy to run, just like Brock Purdy did in the second half for the Niners. There were lanes there, and he just stayed in the pocket too long. I don't know where Lamar had hit, where Lamar's head was at in that game. It wasn't where it needed to be. He didn't play well. But they they set him up not to play well, and he could have made plays outside of that, and he didn't. The Flowers turnover was the game. They get it to 17-14 there. I'll go to my grave saying they probably win the game. 
his head was somewhere else with the taunting and the personal foul and getting caught up in the moment. They also had senseless personal foul penalties on another drive that were just completely senseless. They weren't themselves. I think the pressure of the moment got to them and they'll learn from it again. And maybe they'll be better in that moment again. But last Sunday, they weren't and they failed on multiple levels. Should they have won the game? Absolutely. They didn't. Why? Because Casey had been there before and knew how to balance the emotions and the Ravens had not. And that's the difference. Some teams know how to win. Some teams know how to lose. And that was your difference on Sunday. Yeah, Casey, I look at this number and this tells the whole story for me. 81 yards rushing for the Ravens as a team. And that is not their DNA slinging it around. No, it's not their DNA, but with a lot of what Brandon said, there's some parts where I disagree. I did see a lot of rush opportunities for the Ravens. It just, they didn't have the ability to execute on them. Uh, The first three rushes that they tried to go for in the beginning of the game, or the first two rushes only combined for three rushing yards. So I think that Brandon made an excellent point to say that emotions, they weren't able to manage their emotions. The minute that something that they know that they were able to execute well all season long wasn't working for them, rather than continuing to push forward with it, they panicked and pivoted and they went off script, which made them beat themselves. The thing that I hate most is I think they had like a minute and 20 seconds of uh, offensive play time in the beginning of that game. Then the Chiefs get the ball and drag it out for over five minutes of position time. You're not going to win a football game if it's never in your possession. And then the minute you get it, you have incomplete passes. The tale of both championship games, again, was the tales of incomplete passes by Jared Goff and Lamar Jackson. Almost every starting series that Lamar Jackson had within the first three plays, an incomplete pass, and it was detrimental to this Ravens team, and unfortunately, it cost them the game. Chiefs cover and the under hits, obviously, 17-10, to 10, your final score. All right, let's talk about the NFC Championship game. 49ers come back again. Is this sustainable, guys? We shall see. We'll talk about it. Beating the Lions 34-31. to 31. Casey, I'll toss this to you to start before Brandon goes on his monologue here. The Lions had 180 yards rushing. They dominated the line of scrimmage, but somehow the 49ers won. Their mental attack, incomplete passes that just worked against. And look, I didn't exactly see the, the 49ers coming out in the third quarter and just completely commanding and shaking up the opposing team. I think that both games, but especially this one, shows you how mental the game of football actually can be. Um, mm. You just kind of saw the emotions wearing on Jared Goff on the sideline while the rest of his team was still kind of trying to rally into it. And then it was drop after drop after drop. So don't stop believing. Obviously played a huge role for the 49ers to come out in that second half. Because if you guys saw Journey, they performed outside um, for them. But I think that it was just some mismanagement here. The Lions were in full control and just completely came in and messed everything up. I will give credit to you. Brock Purdy stepped up to a whole different level. Uh, Coming to that second half, he edged out Jared Goff's completion percentage by 3.5%. So there were certain conversations that took place to where the 49ers just came out and played a cleaner game. Most importantly, defense, they set the tone coming into that third period or third quarter, I'm thinking hockey. Um, And it translated across the board for the team. And there was more creativity on the 49er side. When their game was working, they were able to get some passes completed in crucial moments. Whereas, you know, as dominant as the Lions were in their run game, the pass game couldn't come in and alleviate in the times that they needed it to. So 
defense, 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 defense. Absolutely. And Brandon, listen, before we go into what you have to say, you did give to your clients plus seven and a half with Detroit. So a winner, but go ahead. There's a movie called Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow. Great movie. Never seen it. Please see it. She leaves work. She's going to catch the subway home. And from that point forward in the movie, she catches the subway. Her life goes one way. She misses the subway. The movie takes you what would happen in her life. Because she caught the subway and go home, she catches her husband cheating on her, and her life goes in a completely direction, different direction. But then the director says, okay, let's say she doesn't catch that. Now how does her life go? The drop by Reynolds doesn't happen. The next drop by Reynolds doesn't happen. The next fourth down at 27-24 doesn't happen. Because here's what happens in the sliding door moment. If Dan Campbell, fourth and two, somebody gets in his ears, with seven minutes to go in the third quarter and says this to him, Dan, we have to go up three scores. We're going to match their field goal. There's seven minutes to go in the third quarter. Our defense has held the Niners to 10 points with seven minutes to go in the third quarter. There's 23 minutes left in the game, Dan. They're going to have to get three touchdowns to beat us, Dan. They're going to have to drive on our defense three times to beat us, Dan, in 23 minutes. Brock Purdy's going to have to execute three long touchdown drives just to beat us. And that's just saying, Dan, that our offense is going to not do anything in those next 23 minutes. Kick the field goal. Go up three scores. Now, the momentum and the energy of your sideline is fine. There's no panic. Everybody's relaxed. Nice job. We matched their field goal. We're up 17, seven minutes to go. Now the Niners got to come out again. Now they got to execute again. Who cares if they go down and score a touchdown? All right, we're up 10. Now the Lions offense comes out. We're feeling pretty good. Let's go down. Let's do what we got to do. The whole complexity of the game changes by just kicking the field goal, going up three scores, and saying to the Niners, you have to score three touchdowns on us now. And that's providing that their defense completely shuts down the Lions offense, which they didn't the whole game. Detroit punted one time the whole game. Think about that. There's no way. And I'll go to my grave saying it. If Dan Campbell kicks, I know you went for it all year long, Dan. I get it. But it's a playoff game on the road to go to the Super Bowl. And you definitely go up three scores, Dan. Don't do it, Dan. Don't let your ego get in the way, Dan. Don't eat the kneecaps, Dan. Don't do it. I will go to Greg McGrave and say, he kicks that field goal. The Detroit Lions are going to the Super Bowl. And I, I guarantee you he had to say in the press, right decision. I stand by that decision. He had to stand by that decision. And Jared Goff had to say, I like it. I like keeping us out there. But right. I guarantee you, Dan Campbell went home. I guarantee he walked in home, sat down. His wife comes up, puts sets on his lap, and he goes, Honey, I should have kicked the field goal. I guarantee you he knows he should have kicked the field goal. I'm done. Casey, I would imagine that Dan threw some lamps, glass in his house after that game. I mean, that's tough to swallow. I mean, you were dominating. Mm-hmm. You Seven, were in complete control. Ten points. <laughs> they held them to ten points. With seven minutes to go in the third quarter. Nobody talks about that. All people talk about is the collapse after he went for it. But your defense held the Niners 
in San Francisco to 10 points with seven minutes to go in the third quarter. Nobody talks about that. They just talk about everything that happened after the debauchery of Campbell going for it. Unbelievable. Suffice it to say that Dan Campbell and the Lions are going to be just fine for many, many years. This is just the beginning, but that is a tough one right there as far as that finish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because one thing that I appreciate about what Brandon painted out there is that if they would have made a different on that circumstance, you probably would have seen more confidence carry on after that. Um, Again, the mental aspect, the emotional aspect, you just saw complete deflation deflation in the team's energy because I feel like in the panic, they got a little predictable. Whenever Goff hit an incomplete pass, guess who it went to next? Gibbs. And it became rhythmic. It was incomplete pass Gibbs, incomplete pass Gibbs. And then you're going to give a defense that has talent on it, but has been, as I mentioned earlier, digressing uh, a blueprint. Okay, here we go. This is what's going to happen. And then defense starts getting hype and the confidence is executed and it's ramped up and inflated for the fighting 49ers as the other team is just completely in their head and falling apart. So that was unfortunate. That was so unfortunate. The last thing I wanted to see was, and I didn't think the 49ers were going either. I'm not so sure it's that easy for Detroit to get into training camp next year Hmm. and fight their way through their division again. And he said it. He says, we may never get back there. He knows in his heart of hearts how he has emotionally gutted this team and how hard he's going to have to work back to get rid of the mental scar tissue of blowing a 24-7 lead on the road in an NFC championship game to get to the biggest game of all, based on where Detroit came from and the opportunity they had. And it's not on anybody else but him. The first fourth down call was the wrong decision. And you piss in the face of the football gods like that at home in Detroit, go for it. Absolutely. Support it 100%. Home crowd, everything. But you're on the road where every point matters like war. And you pass those up, it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. And it did. I like Dan Campbell. Don't get me wrong. But Dan, he cost your boys a chance to go to the Super Bowl because you thought the regular season is the way you should coach in the playoffs. Here's my question to you guys, and we'll go on. Would Bill Belichick have kicked the field goal there? You would absolutely he would have kicked the field goal there. Nick Saban, absolutely they would have taken the points. 100%. At that, <laughs> at that moment, up. though, probably. But at the moment, as you mentioned with Ego, I think they were four for four on fourth down at that moment. I think they went four and five after that call was blown or mm. obviously spit them over. So I don't know. Mm. All right. Well, Dan Campbell, he sure is going to be enjoying his golf, or at least trying to through February and March. All right, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 58, 49ers, Chiefs. Chiefs getting a point and a half. The over-under is 47 and a half. Brandon, your record in Super Bowls is well documented. Do not give out your selection here on the show, sir, but your initial thoughts on this opening line. Well, it's just one question. Do you go against Patrick Mahomes as an underdog or do you go with him? Yeah. He's now 10 and three straight up, 12 and one against the spread as an underdog in his NFL career. You knew that stat was eight and three 
and nine and one, or eight and three and ten and one prior to Buffalo, went against him. You knew it was nine and three and and nine and whatever it is going into Baltimore. Went against it. I didn't. I went with KC with my rationale of like I'm going to jinx them and they're not going to cover and they made me look like a genius. Thank you. I'll take the win. <laughs> That's what you ask yourself. They've made them an underdog. Or what does Vegas know that we don't know? Are they trying to trap us into taking KC and putting that one and a half out there like that? Doing a little, doing a little flippy flippy. So I don't know. You either take Mahomes or a dog or you don't. Simple as that. But you, you go against that guy, it's Russian roulette. Simple as that. Yeah, pretty sure against the spread, KC, uh, Patrick Mahomes as a dog has only not covered against Tom Brady. So, like, pretty good company there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's it's Tom Brady. So, yeah, I mean, it's really hard to go against Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. But most importantly, with this, spread, it just kind of makes you think about how close-knit this game can actually be and what the Chiefs have done with close games um, and how they find ability to separate themselves that fourth quarter. So it's really hard to kind of consider going against the Chiefs, but definitely something worth looking further into because Vegas doesn't do anything for no reason. And it always gives you the hunch to – to figure out why and how they, they got to where they got to, but we'll see. What about the total here, Casey? 47 and a half. Something tells me this could soar to like 54 in terms of the actual points being accrued here. Yeah, this kind of hit me kind of differently because you see how the 49ers ended up racking up some points here. We've seen, again, as I mentioned, the Chiefs in the fourth quarter uh, where their totals end up hitting as well. So originally, when you look at what these two defenses are capable of, I want to lean towards the under. But if I've learned anything the last two weeks is that, um, you know, if the defense gets outmaneuvered and that extra touchdown gets in there, then now you're looking at an over total. So I'd be interested to see mm -hmm. if it move here. If it does move anywhere in the 50s, um, it would probably kind of change my mind right now. I'll probably go over that 47 uh, total just to see because I don't know how well these defenses are going to come out at first, but we've seen both defenses adjust great uh, against their opponents throughout the game and, and manage accordingly. Here's what I will say about Kansas City's defense. That secondary is sticky. McDuffie back there at corner. My goodness, they play well, and they played well against Baltimore. All right, let's pivot, guys, because we have Jim, Har Jim Harbaugh back in the NFL as the Chargers head coach, Super Bowl 59 odds. Chargers are 22 to 1 to win. Is Harbaugh the man for the job out there in LA, Brandon? Yes. Super Bowl next year? No. It's going to take him a couple years. But number one most focal point, get Justin Herbert up to speed with what Harbaugh does with all his quarterbacks. Let's not forget, mm -hmm. he upset the greatest team in college football history as a 35-point underdog at Stanford when he beat Matt Lyon at Reggie Bush and the USC Trojans. Wow. He yeah. took the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl with a running quarterback named Colin Kaepernick, benched Alex Smith, yep. went with Kaepernick, got him to the Super Bowl. Um, he's had success everywhere he's gone. Took him six years to get Michigan National Championship when he couldn't beat Ohio State and Urban Meyer for the first five of those. Um, for those, I think. So listen, um, he will be successful. It's going to take time. It's not going to be a first year resurrection, but by year two, year three, when he gets his, who's got it better than us, nobody going right higher. And listen, Southern California, living in LA, big house in Manhattan beach. Come on, bro. 
Could be worse. <laughs> Could it's be Ann Arbor. Way worse. <laughs> Jim, Jim, you're right. Who's got it better than you? Nobody, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Jim is <laughs> vibing right now, Casey. And the Chargers obviously had a major upgrade at head coach. Let's put it that way. We've talked about Brandon Staley very often here on this show. What do you make of the hire? Oh, I love it. First and foremost, I have to give a shout out to the Charger social media team because they crushed it. From the announcement to the profile pictures to the witty line drops. Uh, look, social media, it seems easy, but it's not easy to nail it all the time. And they nailed it yeah. with the hire. So shout out to them. But I love this combination that Harbaugh and Herbert. Herbert's been one of the top quarterback conversations since hitting the scene. And the last two seasons specifically, he entered this season as the guy who was looked at and projected to have the most passing yards. So now you're putting him with a coach that has that player uh, coach connection big time. You see how much his players rally behind him. Plus, play quarterback once upon a time. He is a quarterback-specific kind of coach, so he's going to help take Herbert to the next level, I believe. And what is that going to look like? That's exciting, right? Then he's bringing so much talent with him. How many hires has he already made since this announcement has been made? Then you've got uh, Ortiz, who's supposed to be coming over, nothing finalized yet. You've got Jesse, who was the DC at Michigan. And whether you loved how it played out or not for the national championship, that was still one of the top defenses in college football. And now you're bringing that education over to the Chargers. Biggest thing for the Chargers, stay healthy and don't beat yourselves. And I think you've got the right staff kind of lined up here. So Super Bowl first year, no. Are we going to see more than five wins? Absolutely. And we're going to see a team and a player unit that rallies behind a coach like we're in for some good Chargers football, finally. It's always good to have characters in the NFL, too. Jim is a character. Brandon Staley, yeah. the definition of boring and just he's kind of there, right? So, all right, guys, 30 <laughs> seconds apiece. Taylor Swift props. Brandon, you first. Over or under four and a half TV camera shots. The over is juiced at minus 180. This is a real odd right now. Uh, what are we doing here? AFC <laughs> Championship game. They showed her nine, ten times. Yeah, it was way over. They couldn't help themselves. I'm, I'm playing over. They, they can't. They can't help themselves. They, they cannot help themselves. Giselle and Tom Brady was two and a half, and it went under. Like, nobody cared about Giselle. Nobody, nobody who cares about a 40-something-year-old supermodel? Well, we don't care. They showed her once, I think. That's it. Taylor Swift, they can't help themselves play the over. Yeah, plus money on the under, though, Casey. Plus 140. What are you doing? Oh, they're baiting you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> on no, over, 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 slam the over. Because guess what the biggest headline is here? How is she going to safely make it all the way from Japan to come watch her man play football? And that's exactly why we're going to see her plane, her plane land. We're going to see mm -hmm. the walk from the plane to the car, from the car to the stadium, to the stadium. We see every move she makes to continue to hyper the fact that she traveled all the way from Japan as if she had to go through commercial flights, as if she had ragged security to go through, as if she has the limitations of a normal human being to go watch her man play football. So I have to say this. I don't hate Taylor Swift. I love a number of her songs. The summer I turned pretty put me onto her a little bit more, but it's tactic. All the viewerships that go up, all the jerseys that go up, everything that's happening in NFL. I just find it a little interesting that she wasn't able to play in the Super Bowl halftime, but she'll be there to support Travis Kelsey. And that, my friend, is true. And we will leave you with that. Let that <laughs> marinate all week long here on Believe Me on Stadium TV for Brandon Lang and Casey Hudson. 
Best of luck to your bets this weekend. I am Cam Rogers. We'll see you from the Super Bowl. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.